for McDonald's. I'm loving it. Triple M rocks footy. This preview is brought to you by Coats Hire. Need equipment in a hurry? Call Coats Hire on 13 15 52. September 26, 1998. We are at the Triple MCG to see the Crows take on North Melbourne. Adelaide hoping to go back-to-back with the AFL Premiership and three of the absolute superstars from 98 are with us this afternoon at the Triple MCG. Mark Rusciuto, Darren Jarman, Peter Caven. Gentlemen, good afternoon. And how good is it to be at the Triple MCG? Oh, it's amazing to be here, Dits. I can't believe it after missing out the year before. Jars, do you reckon you can back it up with another big game today? I hope so, Rue. Uh, it's very nice to be here, by the way, and and, uh, looking forward to the game. I hope you fit into your shorts. <laughs> I, hey, I hope about that happening. <laughs> oh, mate, seems like, I know it's 20 years, but uh, uh, my performance just seems to be getting better and better. I've got to say, the one man that uh, I think at the time really revved the whole of South Australia up, and when you think about what happened in both years with the premierships for the Crows, the motorcade, the, the crowd that came back to Wavell Showgrounds, the man that stirred the emotion of South Australia and all its followers, KG Cunningham's on the boundary for us today. KG, how are you? Oh, fantastic, Dits. Absolutely magnificent uh, moment it was. Uh, no two ways about that, having won 97 and coming in with a chance to win back-to-back and looking at the at, at the three guys here with me now. Goodness gracious was me. Didn't they perform? Unbelievable. <laughs> KG, uh, can I go back to uh, yep. you and I used to work at another radio station where they have the crystal set and uh, you and I you and I called the action in 97. We did. Uh, and that was the first one and I'll, I'll never forget a moment. This is being just a little bit self-indulgent, but Tony McGuinness was our special comments man. Correct. I don't know if you remember this, but it, it stayed with me forever that the Crows ran out onto the ground and you and I did the big build-up and welcome and here they are. And yep. we turned to Tony McGuinness for his comments. It is. He was howling his Absolute, eyes out, wasn't I, he? Yep, did, so I was with you, I saw it. And that's how emotional he was, Tony McGuinness, about that uh, particular case. And that, see, that's what footy does, dear. Yep. And, you know, it's just an amazing game. KG, what did it mean to you? And I, you know, I know how emotional you get about all sport, but yep. I, I do remember those days of just how much, how like how excited you got, the people that would ring you on air and talk yep. to you about it and want to debate it with you. I mean, it meant a lot to you, didn't it? Well, it did, this, but more importantly, it meant a lot to, to the South Australian public. Whenever the Crows won, yep. everybody in South Australia walked with a, a spring in their step as though they'd, they'd struck the lottery. And that's how and, and that's how it's been from day one. It really has. There was there were some tears of uh, from people missing out, like Tony McGuinness. We know Tony Modra, you know, one of the best players yes. and the most exciting player ever to play for the Crows, missed out on both Matthew Liptak, Simon Tregenza. Uh, there were six players in the 98 grand final that, that missed out in 97. Yep. They were crying in 97. Yep. And then you got tears of joy after winning in 98. So uh, it was a really uh, emotional couple of years. All right, let's welcome the number one caller on Triple M, Brenton Yates. Yada, how old were you in 98? Uh, I was uh, 23, I reckon, did. But it's always been my goal to call it an AFL grand final. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't realise it would be 20 years on. <laughs> well, it's hey, your dreams have come you through. shouldn't make too many bloody mistakes <laughs> today. Right? Well, he is accurate. DJ, uh, we talk about Andrew Jarman missing out at the time. We know that it was an infamous story. Malcolm Blight comes to the club and gets rid of the three biggest names yep, at the time. Unbelievable. How have you and he discussed that over the years? Has that been a difficult thing? Ooh, prickly, prickly. No, I, I, well, every time he upsets me, I'll just mention the word Malcolm Blight. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, or the pr- 93 And that's prelim. weekly, Dits, that's weekly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So Malcolm gets a mention every week. <laughs> what do you just, just give us an indication of how you say it. Do you just say, Malcolm? <laughs> <laughs> or I say uh, 93. Oh, the prelim. Prelim oh. 93. Oh. Dead 
in nasty. front. Ten that metres out. Cool. He, he kicks that bloody goal. The only German in, in the history to miss from ten metres out. <laughs> <laughs> bloody Andrew. Hey, Ditch, Ditch, can I ask Cavo, what a game you played, Cavo. That You dragged that one from nowhere. Unbelievable. Well, to, to say I was nervous is probably an understatement, but uh, I just didn't want to go down as the, the guy that got beat by Wayne Carey on Grand Final Day and he wins Norm Smith. I couldn't live it myself. So. <laughs> but uh, no, it all sort of worked, worked well and uh, I just keep getting better, as I said before. But, uh, <laughs> 20 years seems like yesterday. Cavo, it's hard for you to, or it's actually not hard for you to talk about yourself. So <laughs> I, mean, I, I was lucky enough to do a lunch with Malcolm Blight just a fortnight ago and I'll, I'll throw this to the other two fellas. I mean, obviously, DJ, you had two magnificent Grand finals back-to-back. Rue, you got to play in a premiership, which was great for you having missed out. But Malcolm Blight singles out Cavo and says, I reckon he's the one that got the most out of himself. Uh, look, Cavo played a great game. But, you know, when when we call this game today, it will really uh, – it'll bring back the memories of – the younger players that were in the team. You can go through this side. You could say Kimmy Costa. So we just the... breeze right over Cavo, have we? No, 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 no. <laughs> we'll get sick of talking about Cavo. We'll get sick of Cavo talk... talking about Cavo. But you have, you'll have a look. You'll see Tyson Edwards, just a young kid, who ended up going on and playing 300 games. You'll see... Uh, Simon Goodwin. Simon Goodwin. Uh, Kane Johnson. Uh, you'll see Andrew Eccles. You'll see Peter Vardy. You'll see James Tyson. You'll see um, players like that. Andrew McLeod, who wins Jewel Norm Smith, but Benny Hart was only a young kid at the time. But the young players in the side that had hardly played any footy end up being superstars of, of the game across the whole competition. And I think when you look at grand final sides, you have those great older players like Jars and Cavo and and all the and, and Rennie and those sort of boys. And then you have a group of young kids in any premiership side. And generally those young kids end up being really good footballers. There are a lot of cliches that come out of winning grand finals, I reckon. People say that, oh, there are certain players that play well in finals and some that don't. We hear all of those different, you know, the, the myths surrounding it. Darren, do you believe grand finals are different? Do you play? I, I know they're different, but do you play them differently? Absolutely, Dets. Um, played one with my first year at Hawthorne in '91. Uh, that was at Waverley. Yep. The uh, MCG was getting redeveloped. Angry yeah, Anderson had an absolute yeah, the, the Batmobile. <laughs> absolute shocker. So um, it took me six years to get into another grand final, and, and I w- wanted to make an impact. Because I had a, such a bad game in '91. All right, let's uh, go to the first guest we've got this afternoon. He's from the opposition. You blokes got to play. He's really looking him. forward to this. The shin boner <laughs> of the century joins us now. Glenn Archer, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> I, I, Glenn, don't right. sound so excited, old son. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I love, I love reliving nightmares. <laughs> uh, it was a special day, wasn't it, Arch? How do you remember it? <laughs> I actually don't. Um, well, I've, cho- I've chosen not to. Um, so what are you doing? You, you, you're going to call the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We haven't won a flag since then, so we're, <laughs> we're just trying to really make the most out of it. So you're struggling for content on the radio at the moment. So gonna... yeah, well, it's a week off this weekend in football, so we thought let's go back to the uh, it's 20-year reunion. It's actually like going around to Roos for a barbecue. I watch these all the time. <laughs> <laughs> when you, when you go we, just, we just fast forward to the third quarter at our joint, Arch. Hey, Glenn, yeah. what about... What about the game, you went in as red-hot favourites against the Crows. Was was there a little bit of concern about maybe complacency or not? Uh, no, because I, I think 
if you look back to the first half, we obviously played really well. Yep. Um, and when you when you look back to it, I, I actually think back to the half time. I can't really remember much, but I'm sure a lot of the guys were thinking the way I was thinking at half time, which you should never think like that. We, we thought we were home because mm. um, we'd obviously played so well, but we obviously kicked terribly mm. in that first half. Six fifteen. Yeah, so it was just one of them games where I just thought we were just going to run run away with it, but uh, got completely flipped on its head in the second half, and uh, yeah, it was quite embarrassing in the end. Can you remember Darren Jarman in the second half and what you were thinking as he was just kicking goal <laughs> after goal? <laughs> well, I wasn't playing on him at the time. I think Johnny Blakey was. Yeah, and, and Darren was absolutely carpeting up, and I was sort of waving to the coach's box to say, give me a go. Yeah. And uh, I finally got the call, <laughs> and then he, he kicked the goal on me in the first 20 seconds, and I thought, <laughs> I started waving, waving back to the coach's box to say, no, that's <laughs> I've still got my lump on the back of my head from that. From <laughs> 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 memory, it was, a, it was a very swirly, windy sort of day, wasn't it, which mm. I think made kicking difficult in that first half. Always does. Yeah, well, if you look back at the uh, the scoreline, we kicked two goals, eighteen to the punt road end. So yeah, sure. um, it was pretty bad kicking, but it was swirly. It was a, not that, you know. Particularly as a defender, there's nothing worse when you you bust your ass, the ball goes in the other end, and then they kick a point, then they kick another <laughs> point, and you're screaming from the half back line, "Kick a goal, you friggin' idiot!" <laughs> Archie, you won you won the flag in '96, and you won it again in '99. The year after '98, you know we know what it's like to play in winning premierships. What for you was it like, seriously, uh, playing in a losing grand final? How did you deal with it? Because we've seen the Crows this year not deal with it well. How did you deal with it, and how did you guys uh, spur yourselves on to to win another one in '99? Um, well, for memory, I obviously it was the most shattering thing that it happened to me in my life and I remember talking uh, talking yeah, during an interview after the game to say it actually feels like I've you know lost a, a family member and uh, I actually got some backlash about that well, probably rightly so saying you know you can't really compare losing someone to uh, losing a football game which sounds silly but it was just absolutely um, killed us, so I, I just treated it with right out. It's one that got away, we've got to we've got to try and get one back, and uh, we just completely trained our ass off over the uh, the pre-season. We went into '99, and we won the premiership in '99. But as you probably know, we we weren't the best team. Essendon was the best team, um, and like I say to a lot of Essendon supporters, because they always say, you know, we should have won and won the grand final in 99. I said, well, you can't win it if you're not in it, you dickhead. Fair call. Coaches will use that for years to come, I think. Now, Glenn, I just want to say, obviously the Crows end up winning it, but I'm looking at your team here. It's there's no weakness. It, it's actually a team. Go through the names like Mick Martin. You got McCartney, Shannon Grant. There's Anthony Stevens. Yourself, Blakey Pike, Martin Pike, Winston Abraham. You know, Glenn Freeborn was a very good young player. Yes. Then there's obviously the Duck. There's Craig Scholl, Peter Bell, Pickett, Harvey, Brent Harvey, McKernan, Allison. You know, David King, Adam Simpson. Simpson. This is an incredible side, isn't it? Yeah, it was probably our best side through the through the nineties that we had. But um, 
but you can say the same about the uh, the Adelaide team. You go through that team, and it's just a team of champions there as well. So, um, yeah, I'm actually starting to get a little bit nervous. I'm feeling. <laughs> 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 oh, well, mate, Arch, you've been a good sport. Uh, download the app, mate, and tune in for the afternoon. We uh, we appreciate your time. Footy, mate. Well, Jada, he knows how it finishes. He knows how it ends. <laughs> good on you, Arch. Great. Thanks, guys. Uh, there he is, Glenn Archer, shinboner of the century. Interesting to hear him speak, and I know we'll probably get to it a, a bit more as we go to half time. but he said they thought they had it won. Yeah, what what well, did you guys think at half time? Well, I thought, shit, we better change what we're doing because uh, <laughs> it's not working too well. But we'll, we'll, I think when we get to half time, we'll have a bit of a bit more of a chat about what Blighty did. But I tell you, what he did do is uh, that's where he cemented himself as a as a super coach. How he turned Ooh. our minds around. Oh, I look forward Ooh, to that. Oh, that he turns yeah. our mind yeah. around and save it, Ruth. And, save it. Hey, hey, Ruth, <laughs> and convinced us. I'm getting it. goosebumps. I can't wait. <laughs> okay, G, stick around. We've got your sparring partner. He's up Knuckles. next. Knuckles. We're looking forward to having a chat to Neil Curley for Coach Hire. This is the Triple M footy preview. And for McDonald's, Triple M recalls the 98 AFL Grand Final. Shut up. For McDonald's. I'm loving it. Triple M rocks footy. This preview is brought to you by Coach Hire. Need equipment in a hurry? Call Coach Hire on 13 15 52. Oh, that takes us back. It's the 20-year celebration, the 1998 Grand Final recall at the Triple MCG, September 26, 1998. The Crows taking on North Melbourne, attempting to go back-to-back. KG, uh, on that day, a good mate of yours was down on the boundary. Yes, a man, of course, who's known from day one as the king, the the, the one and only who who started the Crows and the Atco Huts and did the recruiting and did all the hard work, Ru. Who gave him that nickname? Uh, Well, that's a good question. I don't know, but he he deserved a bit of it. And I'll talk about Neil Curley. Curls, welcome to the show. Hi, fellas. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Curls. Now, the 98 Grand Final, we're reliving it. You're on the boundary with your good mate, Dipper. How are you personally feeling uh, about the game, our chances, and what was the atmosphere like, Curls? Well, the atmosphere in a Grand Final is always good because it was a packed house. We weren't expected to win. Uh, and at half time, uh, I didn't have a, lot, a great deal of confidence in the team because... North really controlled the game in the first half and they let us off. They let us off the hook with their poor kicking for goal. I don't remember quite what the score was. I know they kicked 22 points for the game, but I don't know how many goals. I've gone into the media room at half-time to have a cup of coffee and a (laughs) cake or something. And, um, of course, they all loved getting into me. They really started to put shit on me. And... uh, they said, girls, don't look good, girls. Don't look good. Don't look good. <laughs> I said, look, just hold your test. Blighty hasn't let him go yet. He's just waiting for the third quarter. And, of course, I'm praying like hell. <laughs> so, anyhow, out they go. Girls, Six uh, minutes oh, gone. No, you go. Sorry. Six minutes into the third quarter, uh, I was talking to Lee Matthews. He was upstairs. I said, Lee, I can feel a bit of a, bit of a swing in the momentum here. How do you, how do you step up where you are? He said, you're right, Curls. He said, uh, the the, uh, the Crows boys are starting to get on top. Well, they did get on top in that second, that third quarter. And it was 
mostly the young players. Uh, I don't know what Blighty said at half time, but whatever he said uh, worked because they just versus each other, they controlled the game. It was fantastic to watch. Kells, uh, one of the highlights, of, we watched the game uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago uh, at the cinema with uh, the, uh, the the players and one of your uh, comments, uh, Nigel Smart got hit in the head with David King and got uh, concussed and uh, we know these days you have to go off and do a concussion test and you've got doctors and nurses and everyone looking at you before you come back on. Your explanation of the check that they did on Nigel Smart is one of the highlights of the call. I think you said, oh, they've wiped him with a towel. They've had a look at his eyes. He's good to go. The <laughs> very, very uh, medically-based uh, uh, assessment of Nigel Smart and his, and his condition have it. That'll be a bit of a highlight throughout the call. Yeah, well, that was virtually how it was in those old days, bow and arrow days. You know, you don't come off. You just go stay out there and play. Nowadays, they come off with a pimple. Hey, what about Benny Hart's first half in that particular game, Curls? Have you seen a, a better defensive game from a player in a long time than, than Benny Hart? Well, the Crows were damn lucky that Benny was doing his job that well because, and, you know, they could have been in a worse position at half time. <laughs> no, that was one of the, that was a, that was, actually, you know, Benny Hart is the second best player to come out of the Ross Trevor College. Who's the first? Me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've never told that joke before. <laughs> no, but actually, Benny Hart's first half was simply fantastic and so was his second half as well. What was it like working with the Great Dipper on the boundary line? Great Dipper? What are you talking about, the Great Dipper? Well, he calls himself the Great Dipper. It's bullshit. He's not the Great Dipper. <laughs> God, all funny. Uh, no, look, he was always, never used to wear socks, never never carried a pencil, didn't have underpants on. He was different. So he was, he, look, people loved him and he loved the people and he enjoyed footy. Didn't know anything about it, but he enjoyed it. <laughs> and, Curls, what about the, the Crows, mate? When's their next one coming? Well, it depends what they do pre-season to start with. hope they don't go through that ridiculous bloody thing they did this year. <laughs> yeah, how, how can you change people's mind? Like, bloody doctors can't do that. God almighty. What would you do over I'll the summer? Go. What would you do over the summer, Knuckles? Seriously. I'd work the guts out of them. Uh, say starting in late November, I'd run them hard, work them hard, then get on to their skills. Once their fitness is up, well, then you can go go and start learning skills and game plan and that type of thing and improving their kicking. Now, I don't, I got no idea what the pattern's going to be, no idea. But you can't start a team unless they're fit. Yep. That's my thoughts. All right. Well said, that's, Curls. That's how, that's how I operated. I operated. Yep. And I don't think too much has changed, to be honest. Thanks so much for joining us, Curls. It's great to relive right. the day in 1998 when you were down on the boundary. Thanks for your time. All the best, boys. Cheers. All right. Yeah, there he is. The one, the one and only Knuckles. Rue, in the early days at the club, what did he mean to the club? He was obviously great support behind the scenes for Cornsy. 
Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, it was before my time, really, when he was there. But he, um, I have had a connection with him forever. And one, one thing you know about Knuckles is he, he keeps the game simple. And I think coaches try and get too clever, don't they, Jars? It's a mm. simple game, footy. Mm. Uh, you do have to be fit, like Kel said. You do have to do your skills. You can't change the individuals too much. You just you do have to get them in the right headspace, but keep it simple. Work hard, have fun, and uh, and play to your strengths. I that's, mean, that's the key to having fun. It's all about execution too. When you've mm. got the ball, you've got to execute it properly. Yeah, you're going to decision making. Otherwise, you're a coach killer. Mm. We might have to take the old side up or the current side up to Curls's place for a weekend <laughs> because uh, it's not bad fun to What's uh, the bag get the, the boys away. <laughs> no, there isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Knuckles, Curly, a leviathan of uh, footy in South Australia, no doubt about it. We are 1998, the Triple M recall of the 98 AFL Grand Final, September 26, Adelaide against the Kangaroos. The pre-match entertainment, it's uh, Mark Seymour uh, from Hunters and Collectors. Here he is with the Holy Grail. to the 98 Grand Final. 
It is the song that's so, so, uh, so uh, synonymous with the game of AFL, isn't it? The Holy Grail. You never, ever tire of hearing it. And I do remember sitting in the crowd on the day and just hearing Mark Seymour build it out live. It is unbelievable. It really gets you in the mood, as does up there, Kazali. So one day in September, all the great footy songs, Jada. Well, we've got three of the stars that were uh, there on grand final day doing it. It's Peter Caven, Darren Jarman and Mark Rusciuto. And pre-game, what happens? Can you hear any of the entertainment? Can you hear the crowd? What's going on in the rooms? How, how are you thinking and feeling? Oh, look, you just want to get out there and get into it because it's been a really long week for me. I'd missed out and uh, I was so nervous. I didn't sleep until about Wednesday. It was really difficult and I think that's why some teams win and some teams fail on grand final day. How they handle the occasion, how they handle the sleep, how they talk to their mates and get tickets organised. Do they get caught up in the emotion? Do they over a race in horse racing terms you've got to try and conserve your energy you've got to block out your mates and your tickets and just try and prepare the best way you can yeah that, particularly for me I was really nervous obviously playing on Wayne Carey but I just wanted that 120 minutes of concentration I was really just counting down every minute so I wanted the game to start and then uh, just bit by bit just uh, just do what you can because Blighty said the ball's uh, it's going to bounce funny today uh, like normal footies do but just, just don't play the game before you start yeah. my pr- uh, routine was I'd always get strapped first so once I was strapped first, I was happy and just sit in the corner for a while. And I'd always have a nervy just, just before we'd go out. <laughs> and at, at the G, having a wee, and there's this puff of smoke coming out of the cubicle. <laughs> and I said, is that you, Blighty? And he goes, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I was looking for a bit of fresh air. <laughs> but at that stage, is there is there laughter or not? Or is there no room for laughter? No, I didn't laugh. I can't remember. I can't remember he laughed happening. No, I sat. I was sitting on the, another toilet at a different stage pre-game. I was just nervous as all hell. And then the the F1 plane went right over the top, and there was just a massive noise. And uh, it was just it was frightening. You just want the fear of failure, yep. uh, but also the uh, you're looking forward to living your dream and winning your dream. So mixed emotions and you just want to get out there. Bro, you mentioned something a moment ago about tickets and things like that. I would imagine. If it's the first one you've been through, you probably don't even know how to handle that week. Every friend you know, every friend you thought you'd never had or would see, they're all ringing you, your parents, your, your relatives are ringing you. All of those outside distractions that surely there must be by about Wednesday you're thinking, for God's sake, I, I just want to think about the game. You know, For all of you, is that a hard part of the week to handle? All of the people around you wanting a bit of you? Yeah, because and plus the media, there's only two teams left, so everyone's got to write articles, and if you start reading those, you're better than you, you, know, better than you think you are. So it really was, and, and because we played... So two of us had played the year before. We didn't. I didn't worry about tickets. I had no one in the room, but I made a conscious effort early in the week to organise that I had people in the room after, so you could celebrate it with uh, with your loved ones and your family. Yeah. Yep. What, what about Malcolm Blight in the lead up to the week? Interesting to hear you say, Cabo, that he said, "Oh, the ball's, ball's going to bounce this way, that way." Like, just sort of take it in your stride a bit. What was his approach? And given you'd won it the year before, did anything change? I think because he had been there through uh, through his own failings in uh, '92 and '94. I mean, even the injured guys, he would not let injured guys back in the room before the game. Let's have a look at some of the key matchups that are going to take place today. Tyson Edwards on Abraham. What about this one? Uh, let's go to the back line. Ben Hart, who started very an important role on Craig Scholl. Yeah, Ben Hart played a, a, a great game, and he was unbelievable. He could stand on Tony Lockett, Gary Ablett Sr., or he could pick up a small like Brett Allison. There. Right. Very There's the big one. Cabo, here's that, the one. I mean, whoever wins that one matchup is probably going to win the Cabo game. Cabo up against Wayne <laughs> Carey. Now, a young Simon Goodwin, and it's got him up against Conor McKernan. That's, that's not right. No, no. But, uh, Simon Goodwin, he'd only played a year and a bit. 
and uh, he played a fantastic game in the second half. Darren Jarman was rotating through the middle and up forward, and also uh, Andrew Eccles, who hadn't played many games, only the 18 at this stage, but very, very handy. So I'd had him on Blakey, but Blakey actually went to you, DJ. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Andrew McLeod, who we know, wins uh, his second, Norm Smith. Glenn Archer, who was trying to knock everyone's head off. Matthew <laughs> Robin, uh, just an underrated player who uh, played a big role uh, at centre-half forward. Peter Vardy, who'd missed out the year before. Yep. Uh, Malcolm Blight took him and myself off at, uh, in the last quarter in the prelim just to make sure we got out there. Mark Bickley uh, just did his role early. Mark Stevens had come from North Melbourne the year before. He was as keen as mustard. Shane Ellen on Martin Pike. Ellen had kicked five from the back pocket into the uh, to kick five in a granny and Sean ran there's no more passionate man in the competition at the time in the ruck after ripping off his knee brace the year before he was hell bent on going back to back I must co congratulate Channel 7. They've got one right out of the whole lot. All the matchups. Match <laughs> and that's why you listen to Triple M, guys, because we will not make a mistake today. Right, on the bench for Adelaide, there was Matty Connell, Brett James, uh, Big Benny Marsh. He was yep. uh, on the bench as well. And James Tyson, who yes. played on the wing and played a great Brent, game. Brent Harvey. Yeah, Brent Harvey, a very young Brent Harvey. So they are some of the key matchups for the big game this afternoon at the Triple MCG. I say it this afternoon, it's September the 26th, 1998. And and what about this fella in the crowd? How good's this? Yeah. Johnny Platten. Uh, Johnny no, Platten is there. Muhammad <laughs> Ali uh, did a tour around the Oval pre-game. And uh, he was suffering Parkinson's at the time. And it was starting to get hold of him a little bit. But what a uh, treat to have Muhammad Ali going around the Oval on the day. And a big thank you to Channel 7. Uh, also to the AFL for allowing us to recall this grand final this afternoon. And speaking of 7, Bruce McAvaney, Lee Matthews, Tim Watson, a part of the calling team on that very day in 1998. DJ, was Macca the best? Bruce McAvaney in your eyes? Very special. <laughs> Can you split he or Dennis? No, I'd say Bruce, yeah. Bruce? Clearly. Cavo? Yeah. Oh, Bruce has always been my favourite. Yeah. yeah, I love Bruce. But I still had a soft spot for uh, Rex Hunt. Oh, yeah, Rex very, it. very interesting. Yibbida, yibbida. No doubt about that. No doubt about that at all. Well, what about the crowd this afternoon? 94,431 people crammed into the triple MCG. The Crows are getting ready to come out onto the ground right now. Malcolm Blight's final words. Do you remember what the last 30 seconds or 60 seconds are with him? I had no idea. No, no. I, I reckon he was having a durry. <laughs> I cannot remember what he said. So, uh, Mark Bickley leading the side out. And what, what, what are you feeling at this point when you're walking out of the change rooms about to head out onto the big stage? Oh, I put my mouth guard in. I have a bit of a chunder to myself every game. So I'm, I'm just are you serious? Just drying up, just uh, having a little chunder in my mouth. sort of. Yeah, that, <laughs> that gets me in my pre-game oh, nice. I used to dry reach at halftime and McLeod would be throwing up in the toilets just about every game. Is that from overwork or because you're still nervous? Just nervous. Yeah. Just really incredible. So you're, yeah, we've got the boys walking up the race now. McLeod uh, was always last. Yep. And he wouldn't go through the banner. Didn't touch the banner. Yeah, always went around the banner. So you're running out onto the ground now. This is getting really loud now. Yeah. So this is loud. Yeah, this is the hair on the back of your head standing up here. Yeah, it's deafening. Absolutely deafening. But this is when you start really wanting to get into it and really just get stuck into the opposition. So when you get into game time, and in particular that opening bounce, how do you hear each other? You've, you've got to be able to talk in a football team. You can't. You don't. It's so you've got to be paying real attention. Loud. Yep. 
It's got to be a very close conversation. And that's why you don't muck around with the ball early in the contest. There's so much heat on, you can't hear what's going on, so you dumb it down <laughs> and play basic footy. Great banner in the crowd there, Rue, your mate. Yeah, come on, Vardy, let's go party. <laughs> <laughs> that was his dad there. <laughs> I just had to wait two hours. <laughs> so we're just seeing the kangaroos. They are uh, leaving their change rooms. If you're just tuning in and wondering what the hell we're doing, uh, it's, uh, we're we recalling are. the Triple M 98 AFL Grand Final. Adelaide up against the Kangaroos. We've got three of the stars of the day. Peter Caven, Darren Jarman and Mark Rusciutto who will take us right through the afternoon. Dennis Pagan there just uh, walking out behind his team. He wouldn't let his players wear sunglasses in the motorcade uh, beforehand. He said, "You, what do you think you are? You look like rock stars, do you? Wearing sunglasses. He was a strict uh, operator. Uh, Wayne Carey uh, used to say he uh, didn't uh, suffer falls at all. Told it as he... Uh, as he thought it was, and uh, the, the players didn't really like him, but they respected him. Mm. Uh, he was a real tough bugger, Dennis Pagan, and uh, ended up winning two premierships. And I think he was a long time under-19 coach, wasn't he, at the club? Mm. Yep, yeah. successful all the way through. They had a great under-19s team. Here he is, the King leading them out, and along with uh, the Ruckman, McKernan. Uh, what about going into the game? Because they've been a dominant side all year, the Kangaroos. You guys were dominant in the prelim, but finished, I think, was fifth or sixth for the year. How were you feeling within yourselves going into the game? Well, they'd beaten us that year a couple of times, so, you know, but Blight had great faith in us, and, uh, you know, we, we knew we were fit enough, so there was all that, uh, you know, just run them off their feet when you can. Well, they only beat us by a couple of goals in round 21 in Adelaide. Blighty said he didn't try any of the tricks that he uh, wanted to that game, uh, but, yeah, they'd won 11 in a row. The Duck was the best player in the competition, and uh, as you said earlier, they had stars all over the field. What was the instruction to you, Cave, on, on, on how to play him? Well, they had the Pagan Paddock running all year, and there was kick the ball long behind and let the carry and the others run on. So we'd played uh, in front for two years before that. As defenders, he said, play from behind all day. Really? Play from behind, knock it to the ground, and off you go. So is there a danger there, though, that all he has to do is lead and get a metre or two on you, and he's got to mark it? Well, you'll see he'll take a couple of marks for the day, but uh, we'll, we'll take that risk. He's got to then got to get past you. What's he like if you rough him up a little? Did you, did you try any of the old, you know, punch him in the ear, old going from well, yeah, the spoil or anything like well, that? Well, during the week, Blighty uh, pumped me up and said, look, he's bigger than you, he's stronger than you, he's faster than you, he <laughs> kicked the balls longer than you. So, yeah. yeah, I thought, where are you going here? He said, <laughs> he said well, don't wrestle with him, stand off and punch it and off you go and run him, make him run up the field and yeah. chase you. And if you, I mean, did he get frustrated? If you beat him in a contest, what was he like? After half time, he got a bit frustrated with some of his own, with the runner and a couple of his own players. He, he thought, uh, you know, they weren't looking for him enough. So he loses a little bit in the third quarter, and I knew I sort of had the edge on him because he was getting frustrated and knew his time was ticking. Yeah, right. Uh, we're looking forward to this. There are some amazing matchups all over the ground. We've been through some of them, but uh, we know what Andrew McLeod is capable of. Darren Jarman, Mark Rusciuto in his first grand final, having missed out in '97. There are so many great stories about to unfold here as we relive the '98 grand final. Yeah, we've got some big guests coming up at halftime as well. Wayne Carey will be having a chat along with uh, Footy Operations Manager John Reid, but we're only minutes away. Opening bounce. It's the 98 Grand Final recall. It's the Crows, it's the Kangaroos. For McDonald's, Triple M recalls the 98 AFL Grand Final.